here to, I guess, uh, empower and encourage and strengthen and awaken ourselves. But there's, there's another level of that. Once we get that understanding of who we are, we have a, a purpose. And I was listening to this. I've listened to it numerous times. And I felt it appropriate. But uh, this is a gathering of men that we plan, that has been planned and ordained to uh, awaken, strengthen, and encourage men, the hearts of men. And no matter, no matter the number of people that are here today, the right number's here, the right person's here. I guess I'm going to be speaking to you two today. You know I love you. You know I don't know you. But I'm a disciple of men. Uh, I have been since 2008. And there's a reason for y'all to be here today. Praise God. So let's take it to God right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We pray that you ordain this group of men, this group of boys, these young men. Let the older men be the guy at the front of the boat paddling and saying there's a rock there, there's something there. Keeping these young men out of danger, God. Help us to be that man that helps lead them down a path, God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be inspirational to these men, God. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this uh, ministry that you've uh, started here in Warrior. I thank you for this ministry that uh, Ed Cole started in uh, Arizona, God. I thank you for him putting this into my spirit, God, so I could bring it home to build men and to pour into men, God. Help me do that today, God. Open the ears, open the hearts, and open the minds of these men. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, you know, we're all Facebook scrollers. Some of us, Jerry's not. Jerry <laughs> Jerry probably looks at Facebook like three times a year, maybe four. Uh, but some guys put this up, uh, and I just... I wanted a a video, but I think I've it'll say what I'm trying to say here about these young men. So, if you will, wait. <laughs> I keep touching it. <laughs> it's buffering. <laughs> I uh, know. You got the Wi-Fi? No. Let's let's uh, back up for a moment. Hey, you got Wi-Fi here that I can we get do, on? Absolutely. Merry you Christmas. Phone, open it up. You can find Wi-Fi. All right. Spectrum HP. To yep. Goodness. Spectrum. Wi-Fi. Eighteen. Yep, that's you. Let's get you that one. And the password is terrific book. Don't share this with anybody because the 
only everybody knows. Wi-Fi 18.2G or 5G? Uh, either one. And capital letters? Nope. Oh, all lowercase. Terrific book 346. Which is, I guess I got to say, I was very sign-like for me because what I, is the, So you didn't spell terrific. I probably right. didn't. Here, look at this here. This will make it easier, I do think. Do it, do it. Two R's, one F. Two R's, one F. T-E-R-R-I-F-I-C. Book. Okay. Three, four, six. Three, forty-six. We'll get this in just a second. But what's the most terrific book in the world? Isn't that pretty cool? That came to me that way in the My God book. <laughs> That's so cool. We're still trying to get a hold of that. Once I get the check, we'll carry on. <laughs> anyway, it's important to disciple men. It's important to be a part of men's lives. It's important to be engaged. That's our word of the year, by the way. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, engage. I'm still not getting it, but anyway. Um, what this here, let's do this. Let's do the Steve version. What this lady was saying was, you're here for a purpose. Not here in this room. You're here in this place, in this world, for a purpose. And your actions through this life, whatever it is, is going to affect your children. Yes, very good. It's going, what, what you say, what you do, how you act, how you perform, how you do whatever, is going to affect the next generation. Yes. It's going to affect the generation before you. It's going to affect the hearts of people. It's going to affect the wives of the men that you're talking to. That's right. It's going to affect the children and the grandchildren of the men that you're talking to. Uh, I have to uh, sit down because, you know, uh, I was at a commissioning service here recently and they snagged my walker. <laughs> I was two weeks post-op from having total hip replacement. No, no hablo English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I was up there going, well, guys, you know, I was hanging on to the pulpit and I hobbled around, but we made it through it quite nicely. You're going to be an effect on people, no matter what you say or do. Um, That's right. So I'm just going to get on with it. The theme for this is for this cause. Jeez, I'm really messing this up, ain't I? No. And... To add a little fire to the theme, I want you to think about something. What is my cause? What's your cause? What's your cause for being here? What's your, are you here for good food? Because I think we're, we've had some good food this morning. We're going to have some good food for lunch. But whether you know it or not, whether you care or not, there's going to be a different kind of food here today. That's right different kind for me personally my cause is to disciple men until I draw my last breath a few of you have heard this right from the get go and uh, I'd like to pose a couple of questions for you to ponder today 
you don't have to write them down if y'all want these notes it'll have that little uh clip that, that we didn't get to play do you know your true identity do you know your true purpose do you know your true cause three little questions identity purpose and cause as we journey and navigate through this thing called life, we like we're born, then we level up. We're kids, and then we level up. We're teens, right. and, the, and then we level up, and we get to leave mom and dad's house at age eighteen. I didn't get to do that. I got kicked out at sixteen. Three years from now, what if y'all got kicked out of your house? All on your own. I was talking to my brother yesterday, and uh, he said, what happened? He said, why were you such a, a tough kid? I said, I wasn't a tough kid. I smoked weed every now and then. When I come to live with you, dad and your mom, she caught me smoking a cigarette. The next thing I know, she bought me a carton of cigarettes. So I smoked cigarettes. My stepmom bought them every week for me. I didn't even have a job. My buddy that I went fishing with every day brought a joint. So we smoked some weed and I'd sneak a Schlitz malt liquor. Oh, yeah. You know, and we'd, we'd drink beer and all this stuff. But he said... What did you do wrong? And I said, well, that and your, when I got kicked out of school, your mom gave me a job and I went out to a Van Halen concert with her secretary's sister. That's it. That's all I did wrong. But I, did, I was 16 and she was eight years older than me. My stepmom. So you see, there was a, a head button there, you know. There was a problem there because she was too young to have a 16-year-old son right. and all the 16-year-old problems. And she did what everybody did back in the day, get out of my house. There was a lot more involved in it. But um, so we level up as we go through life. And we get to this point, sitting in a church, Talking about discipleship, discipling men, and I, and I call this level the spiritual level or the discipleship level. We started down here and we just slowly made it through a hell of a life, homeless life. I've been married five times. They asked me why I would be a good marriage counselor, and I said, because I sure as hell know how to wreck a marriage. <laughs> I do. I really do. And I know how to stop it. I won't talk about the pink lady. That's all I'm going to say. Love you. You missed that one, by the way, sort of. Um, uh, but... How do we get to that spiritual level or that discipleship level? How does one get there from here? Here 
is being the man of fleshful thinking. There is a man that can disciple men. How do you get there? So to get to that level, Steve, because I'm talking to me, because whenever I speak to you, I always speak to me. Because I need it as much as you need it, and so on and so forth. I'm going to sweep my house clean. That's right. More than just on a Sunday morning and a, a men's service every so often, I need to sweep my house clean daily. That's right. Come on. That's right. When you wake up, when you operate during the day, when you go to bed. That's right. Because there's things that you, right before you go to bed, if you listen to, uh, we said Van, or I said Van Halen, if you listen to a Van Halen song before you go to bed, you're going to wake up humming that tune. That's right. If you go to bed praying, you're going to wake up praising God. But during that time, during that time, you don't know what's going on. What the world has influenced your mind about. My grandmother taught me early on that uh, you, you pray before you go to bed and you pray when you get up. And I said, why don't you pray when you get up and ask for forgiveness? And she says, I ask God to forgive me for the things I did in my sleep. The thoughts. Thoughts. The things that this world influences right. us between our gourd here. The things that uh, we let happen in our world like we was just talking about. The things that come into our lives, even though we're not expecting them, you know, that person that pulls out in front of an 82,500 pound dump truck full of rock. Right. Praise them. <laughs> you know, those things. The things that get in, in the way of your spiritual or discipleship self you know that's when the flesh creeps in and it's called life you know the divorce the drugs I didn't do too many drugs but I did a lot of what I did <laughs> you know I was trying to get somewhere I was trying to get somewhere I was trying to have purpose I did not the only influence I had on my life spiritually was my grandfather coming and waking me up when I was in a stupor going, Steve, you want to go to church with me? Steve, you want to go to church with me? Steve, you want to go to church with me? No, sir, I'm good. What's that in your ear? Oh, I got my ears or ear pierced last night because we didn't do ears, plural, back then. But, you know... Things happen in your life, and and I look back and I wish that man would still wake me up. Yeah. I wish my dad would have let me spend the night in that station wagon so I didn't get sexually molested. And then 30 years later, at a men's Saturday breakfast, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And whenever I was walking out, they said, anybody got anything they want to talk about, any confessions? And I said, yeah, 30 years ago I was sexually molested and I've been hating homosexuals ever since. I was drugged and molested. 
I would have never, before 2007, well, 2008, I would have never told people about that. You boys, if you're ever in a, a place somebody's messing with you, you scream because it'll haunt you. Sometimes more than five years, 30 years. Some guys never tell people how they were treated. Right. Okay? You scream. You fight. You do everything you can. Best thing is listen to your dad and your peers and don't put yourself in those situations. That's right. So I sweep my house daily. Second part of it is I fill my house. Come on. So that junk can't come back in. Right there. Matthew chapter 12. Exactly. How'd you know that? (laughs) You know where I'm going, don't you? Yeah. So I fill my house daily with the Word of God. I get into a daily devotion. We was listening to it this morning. You know, we was listening uh, uh, in in the book of Kings about how the prophets of Baal had all this stuff and and they had the altar and they had right. the bulls on the altar and they just <laughs> Elijah was uh saying maybe he's asleep yep. scream louder yep. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do whatever you can. And he's relieving himself. Yeah. Exactly. He probably was. You know, wood does that. <laughs> so then he gets up, pour some water on it, pour this on it. I really do believe if uh, he had a, a tarp back then, he'd said, put the tarp on that. And he prayed. He didn't bring down the fire. He prayed to God that yep. God would bring the fire. Yep. That's things that I pray about today you, for me. Bring a fire in me. Bring a passion in me that's so overflowing that it burns that water and it burns up all that crap in my life. And it overflows into this room. Because um, if we don't do that, if we just go to church on Sunday, seat warmer, we don't go to the men's breakfast because we're too busy, burden under Satan's yoke. You know what I mean? Yep. Just we're, we're, we're in that place of being idle and we don't ever operate in the Holy Spirit. We don't ever operate in the church. We don't ever disciple men. We don't ever talk to men about their problems. Love you. Thank you, Father. Two months? Three months. This dude right here, he's been through hell. <clears throat> but I believe in him. Right, absolutely. Right. Even though when people were saying, man, dude, he's a whack judge. They didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, I was talking to Jerry and I go, boy, this guy here, he's a whack judge. No, I didn't. No. I just wanted to make you smile. See, he's been through the fire. He's been through a battle. So whenever we sweep our house clean, 
nice and pretty. Yeah. Everything's in place. You still walk into a fire. Because whenever you get through that battle, like I was saying earlier, um, I forget who I was talking to. Uh, when you get through that battle, the, the weakest point is the day after when you yeah. fall. Yeah. And, and so I've been telling Wes here, yes. stay in the Word. Stay on the path That's you're it. at. Don't deviate. Continue to believe in God. Even though... I, can I just be... Yeah. I ain't even going to ask you. I know. This is Wesley Felix. No. Uh, <laughs> um, because that's our weakest point. That's right. We think, hey man, I'm winning this battle. The war's not over. The war's not over. The war's a continuous war, just like discipleship is a continuous thing till you draw your last breath. The war's not over. Until you draw your last breath and you stand before God. That's it. We're going to do that. I believe it soon. Through the studies, I've been trying to pound it to Jerry. Amen. <laughs> We're right here. We're right here. We're close to the end. If you go through the translations and the numbers and everything, and you go through the Olivet Discourse, and you go back and you count the days and the years, 2,000 or 5,250. We wind up May 14th, 1948. And in Matthew it says, and this generation will not die before I return. 2,048. Think about it. Some words in that period. I feel he's going to return. So it's urgent to me. It's urgent to pour into Wesley. It's urgent to encourage him. It's urgent to encourage Kevin. How you doing, man? 2023, bro. I must fill my house with his word daily. Uh, get into a daily devotion. I'm not bragging, but I listen to the daily audio Bible. That's one of the ways I, I, I listen to all these different YouTube things. I drive a truck for a living. I drive a, a dump truck. And um, I'm in my 14th year of reading through the Bible. Either audio, reading right. it, right. whatever it takes. Yes, sir. Fill your house. That's yes, right. I listen to rock and roll and country too, but I fill my house first. Amen. When that, let's see, that song, uh, Cocaine by Eric Clapton or Highway to Hell by ACDC, whenever those, and you know, you got your playlist that you had way back in the day and you're like, man, I like that. Oh, I'm going to have to delete that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The songs you used to listen to, but there's a button you can, you don't have to listen to it. Skip, skip, skip. Running with the Devil by Van Halen. That used to be my coolest song. Skip. Because 
I'm too busy burdened under Satan's yoke to go in there and spend a half a day deleting all that crap I used to listen to. Yeah. Third level is I must seek the battles before me. I don't know your battle. I want your number though. I know your battle. Half of it. One day I'll know his battle. I know your battle. I've walked with you for many, many years. Some people in this room struggle with stuff so much, whether it be marriage, fatherhood, work, play, whatever. There's so many things that interfere with God in our lives. That's right. But... Is it things interfering with God or is it stuff we let interfere with God? It's the stuff we let in our house that screw with us so much and make us so stressed out. And we can't really have enough room for Jesus. It's not flesh and blood. It's the enemy in the heavenly realm. Outside of our flesh, it's the heavenly realm. There's a battle going on, and this battle will not cease. It will not cease. You think, man, made it through that crisis, financial crisis, man. Right? Made it through that financial thing. They didn't take my truck. They didn't take things from me. Might have taken my business, but they didn't take my wife and they didn't take my faith. You know, the wife prays every day for me. Um, She ain't praying right now. She's sleeping so she can go work. (laughs) You know, when she don't work, she mows grass. Hardest thing it was, was her mowing grass when I had my hip surgery and I couldn't even walk out there and show her how to crank it. Spiritual battle is whenever your house is full and you're having good times and then divorce sets in. You lose a lot, right? You think, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right things? Keep going, Kevin. Yeah. Never quit. Never. Never love your shirt. Never quit, Wes. That's right. Don't stop. Don't let the enemy influence you. Don't stop. What's your name? Paul. Paul. That's a good name. <laughs> Rock side. Rock side. <laughs> if you feel you have a warrior's heart, the enemy's going to beat the hell out of you. Choose your battles. That's right. Choose your battles. Once you know the battle, then we can defeat and conquer that battle, that issue, that chick at the convenience store that always <laughs> winks at you or smiles, you know, and you're married and you go by that store because she's real nice to you. She's just building up your self-esteem. She's building up your inner man. She's building up you. Right. 
right? Don't go to that store. Exactly. Call Kevin and let him go because he needs he needs a wife. Okay. Kevin's Kevin don't know it, but he's shopping. Vicariously through me. That's why I go to that convenience store. I, I drop his number. He's there. Yeah, I'm screening them. Well, we've talked about the day after the battle. Oh, I hate sitting. Uh, we talked about the day after the battle. Number four, when all else fails and you, your house is clean, you know the battle and all this crap, and everything's still failing. Pray. Pray. That's a fact. Pray. Well. Pray often. Put on praise and worship music. I walked. I, right. I come here today. You know, I called Kevin. I said, where is everybody? Only thing that's here is just doing this trailer. And I think he was smoking a joint. <laughs> I know what that looks like. <laughs> and there's this lady walking down the road with a bag full of groceries. I was still hungry. I didn't eat last night. I thought, man, I should take her home, but if Kevin drives up and sees a strange lady in my car, you know, that wouldn't go over good. Number five. Yes. I would have been the uh, door, door, Uber. Uber. That's a funny song, Uber driver. If y'all know it, yeah, good. That's good. Uh, you must ask yourself a question about discipleship. How? How do I do that? How do I disciple somebody? How do I do that? And the answer is simple. Discipleship is uh, multiplication. It's copying. It's it's replicating over and over from... From when Jesus prayed for us, uh, John uh, 17. 17, he prayed for us. Yep. He prayed for the men in this room yep. to be disciples, yep. to carry on, yep. to duplicate, to replicate, to continue. So the answer is, how do I get to that level? Is just, well, we ain't got two chairs, so I just have to go stand by it. You walk through the fire with somebody. Yeah, yeah, very good. You answer that phone every time they call. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I know. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm thinking them. Every, every time they call. Help them walk till they walk around. Every time they text. Yeah, very good. You know? Every time they reach out to you. You're there. No matter what it is. You're eating dinner when you want Hold on, honey. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah. You okay, Kevin? Sure. Tom? I'm here for you. You hang up, and your wife goes, do you have to answer the phone every time they call? And I said, tell my last breath. Yes, I do. Yep. Because Delaney's not here. So I can talk about him. 
Greg's not here. Greg is a guy from our uh, last summit who just a month earlier or two months earlier, he come home from work, couldn't get his wife on the phone, run through the house looking for her. Baby's in the crib, not crying, sleeping. He sees the door. He goes up in the attic. He's thinking she's getting her, her. She she did these little cloths. Uh, you call them cry cloths. So she sewed them up so people can wipe their tears in church. She was. She hung herself. She hung herself. She was dead. And a pastor up in Tennessee from Alabama, from Sneed, Alabama, was up in Tennessee at his church. And he says, Greg, you got to go to Aniana, Alabama. There's a guy there named Steve Porter. You must connect with him. Because Greg was thinking about joining his wife. So he comes up and he asked Paul Cole. <laughs> he asked Paul Cole if Paul Cole could introduce him to me. Paul Cole and I heard his story and we broke down. We, we was a train wreck. Every day I talked to Greg. It's been a year and a half. He's still walking through the fire. I'll be there in a year and a half. I'll be there. I'll pick up that phone. That's right. No matter how much crap I'm doing. <laughs> yesterday, loader operators going, hey man, can you talk to me? Hold on just a second. Greg, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? He goes, Steve, get off the phone. You need, I need to talk to you. I said, you can wait this game. Greg's just talking about the fire still going through. But there's this guy that was at that summit that traded phone numbers with him. And they text quite often. His name's Delaney. He said, Delaney sends me scriptures every day, every other day or every week. He said he don't send me the BS ones. He just sends me the ones that are pouring into my life. Very good. Amen. The important ones. The ones that hit Delaney's heart that knows that people like Wes, Kevin, Tom, Jerry, me, were to hit their spirit, were to pour into them. Very good. He said there's been times when I, I'm afraid to call you at four in the morning. I said, I'm up. I'm up. At four in the morning, you can call me. If I'm on the phone, you, you'll get a call back. Can you put up with the problems that those people are having? That's a part of discipleship that people fail at. They don't pick up the phone. They don't make themselves available. They don't walk through the fire. Because that is the way we've been massaged into being more feministic instead of discipleship Very good. Yeah. hey man I'm there for you 
I'll listen to you here at church, but I won't pick up the phone always. I'll be praying for you. And it probably never happens. So you've got to pray with that guy when you talk to him. Or there's Jerry. He's got problems. God help me have the right words. Hey, dude, what's up? See, this here, we, we have idols in our lives. We have idols in our lives. You know that energy drink you drink every day? Think about it. Can't go without it. I know. God help me through this day. I need to get by that convenience store and get me some of them energy drinks. Right. The winker. Not the wanker, but the winker. But I hope you don't spread this recording out. Yeah. This is from, yeah. Yeah. All right. This is for men only. <laughs> no. Because um, women need to hear this too, you know. Yeah. Women need to know what their men's getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Women needs to know that their husband has somebody that they can call. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Women needs to see people pouring into their ex-husband's lives. Very good. Yeah. Ex-husband needs to see that people still pouring into his life. They won't stop. They'll still answer the phone, no matter what. You're bigger than your label. Right. That divorcee label is getting smaller every day. Since we're in a room of, what, 17 people, I think. I'm a counter. I'm a numbers guy. 17 people, 34 legs, 34 arms, 17 heads. I'm a numbers guy. Then you get all hyped up because reality, you're on cloud nine, you're a commissioned man, or you're a minister, you're discipling men. And then reality sets in. Move back to Alabama from Arizona on fire from Tommy Barnett's church. Ed Cole, Tommy Barnett, Jason DeBus. The guy with no legs that walked across the United States on his hands and his butt. All those guys that poured into me, man, I'm ready to get back to Alabama. I've done bought $4,000 worth of discipleship stuff. I got my sword with me, not that one. They gave me this sword. But I'm talking about on fire for Jesus. Done sold my house, got me an RV. I'm going on with it. First church that I went to that I bought all this stuff for, the night before I was to present the discipleship stuff that I bought, been prayed over by Paul Cole in Texas. Well, I don't think we're going to have a men's discipleship at this church. Come on. Come on. Come on. Door shut in my face. I'm going to walk back here and get something. I know y'all don't have one because you've already talked about Kevin being cleared. Every <laughs> church I walked into, I always look at all their stuff, look at the bulletins. 
getting good bullets. Kids ministry, youth ministry, women's ministry, women's quilting, thingies, whatever. Thank you, Miss Cochran. Sixth grade teacher taught me how to quilt. But <clears throat> nothing about a men's ministry. Door two, after presenting it to them, Baptist Church, nothing against the Baptist Church. I was raised in a Baptist Church. First one was a Pentecostal church. Second one was a Baptist door shut. Third one was an Assemblies of God in Gunnersville, Alabama. I shouldn't have said that. Delete that. Um, <laughs> they just wanted a youth discipleship program and a missionary program. Then the fourth church, my spirits are getting just hammered. And he said, hey man, in a month we're having a men's gathering. He said, we got a lady speaking to the women in the main sanctuary. Her name's Laura Powell. I go, I don't know that chick. <laughs> don't know her. But my wife did. And my wife said, we're getting off work early so I can go do that. But the pastor said, you need to be at this men's gathering. Okay. So I walk in and there's a room, it's a room bigger than this. And I, I walk down, I shake hands and I meet this little bitty old fellow, Frankie Powell. I don't know if y'all know him. But I shake hands with him. That's all I knew. Forgot the phone call. Forgot the phone call my wife made to Frankie Powell that led us to um, uh, Phoenix First Assembly and Tommy Barnett. They hung up the phone with her and they got on their knees and they prayed that Paul and I would bring something back to the state of Alabama, mainly World Outreach Center, and start a, a men's ministry. Start something. Start a men's movement. I forgot that phone call. I didn't know that they were praying for it. But here I was, shaking hands with that little bitty feller. <laughs> He's prayed over me so many times. But I kept knocking at doors. And I'm sitting at Gorham's Bluff on Mount Pisgah. I've been trying to figure out it was a Thursday morning for breakfast. And my wife said, why are you so distraught? I said, I've got this fire in me. I want to disciple men and I can't. Come on. I can't. Everywhere I go, I pick up people off the street trying to speak into them and I just couldn't. The doors were shut. And she said, well... Instead of the rock, let's go to the World Outreach Center this Sunday. I said, okay. She's on typing on her computer on Facebook. Pastor Laura, we're coming home. I said, what are you typing? She said, I just told Pastor Laura we're coming home. I said, to the house? She said, no, World Outreach Center. I've been going there since I was 25 years old, on and off. First Sunday I get there, 
Pastor Laura's preaching. Pastor Frank is off in Ecuador with Bill. Second Sunday, he's still there. I'm on fire. Meet this guy with flame tattoos. He opens up the door. Hey, brother, how you doing? I said, that's the guy I'd like to disciple. Third Sunday, Pastor Frankie is preaching. Pastor Laura and Paula's done. You know, women, they, they scheme. They set up a lunch. Well, Mr. Discipleship has got his little briefcase, his leather briefcase, because that's cool. <laughs> and I'm toting it into Wenzel's in Gunnersville. I set it down on a seat, or beside my seat, and sat down. We start talking, get finished eating lunch, and just talking about Jesus and stuff. Frankie Powell says, what you want to talk about? I lay open my briefcase, and the first thing he sees is maximized man, mm. Ed Cole. I go, I'd like to start a men's discipleship at your church. And he said, okay. Didn't ask for no credentials. Didn't ask for nothing. The whole point of that whole story is when the doors are shut, when you think life is over, keep knocking. Keep knocking. Because there's one pastor, one man, one group that's going to say, hey man, we really need that. And he told me the story about praying for the men's ministry. He said, when I saw Maximize Man, he said, I know the material from Ed Cole. He said, I preach from it quite often. Quite often. Then I go for Jerry. Talk about Caleb. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. He tells people that I was on him like a dog in heat. Now, now, yeah. So, so the male dog pursues the dog in heat. He's he's a female. Yeah, but he stonewalled me in every corner. I was like, daggone, Pastor Frankie. He goes, who do you want in this group? And I said, I want that guy with the flame tattoos on his arm. Because he's reachable. He said he needs it. He said there's this other guy named Kevin Jacobs. He'd be a good one. He said, Jerry Boone. I said, I've been trying to get in touch with him. I've been trying to talk to him. Keep knocking. He caved in because his wife, right? (laughs) She said, give him a chance. If you're persistent in discipling a man, yeah, what what are you afraid of? Yeah, Yeah. a lot, right, Jerry? Afraid of being vulnerable. Yeah, come on. Yeah, vulnerable. What was Kevin afraid of? Kevin was... Maybe pissed, ooh, uh, pissed off. All right, sorry. Uh, I said that in church one time. I, I said, Pastor, is it okay if I say pissed off? He said, Son, you done said it three times. <laughs> yeah. I really think Kevin was pissed off. 
Because he had it in his heart to start a men's ministry, but the doors were closed. He needed a little more uh, pruning, you know, teaching, learning. You see, these guys here are here because Kevin invited them to a summit. He's commissioned because Kevin invited him to a summit. They're commissioned men, sword holders, bearers, whatever you want to call them, because Kevin invited. It takes one one man to say, hey, dude, why don't you come to class? Just come on to class. Just sit in there with us. Stick with us. Sometimes we'll put you to sleep. Sometimes we'll go, wake up. <laughs> you know, what's it, that fellow that sleeps in our thing all the time. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes we hit on very serious subjects. What gets inside a man's wallet, what gets inside a man's heart, what keeps a man from uh, being a part of a men's group instead of just sitting in there. Have we poured into you at all? Yeah. <laughs> I was fixing to just say, go wait in the car. But anyway, after going through all that, I realized that there is a purpose. See, I went to Florida a couple of years ago to go be with my son and my grandkids, take my grandkids back to be with their daddy because their daddy was stupid. My kid believed that. And my kid's stupid doing drugs, whatever. Um, and, you know, you get to the point where you just, the ministry's kind of cruise control and you, you really don't feel like you're a part of it. You really don't feel like you're involved in it as more much. You you was ripped away. You lost your business. You're on the road driving a truck. Your money's depleted. It costs too much money to drive there to go to church and to be a leader, and, and you just pass it on to the guys. See, a lot of times guys get discouraged. I've walked into men's groups. I've literally heard this. Do y'all have a men's discipleship? Well, man, we had a good one for about five years. I think he said 10. He said, but that guy moved and he took his barbecue grill and we just. <laughs> Is, was, was you just there for the food to eat or was you there for the spiritual food? You know? Really, what you're going to get here today is you're going to have to share them. It's a family-sized bag of barbecued potato chips. <laughs> I can eat me some of them. Spicy, but there's no meat here. The meat's right here in this room. They, they're going to feed you, but more than that, I hope. Yes, sir. So, 
you find in these churches that don't have a men's group that the majority of the workers, the majority of the servants are female. Or the wives or the children or something like that. And uh, whenever you see that, you're like, oh, I got two minutes. I've been talking a few. Anyway, when you see that, you you see you look in the room and there's like five guys and there's like fifty women. Well, we had a service a while back, and Jerry and I were up there up at the altar. He said, "Turn around." We looked around. There was more men in the church than there was women. Amen. That's. That's a good problem to have. Yeah. It's a good problem to have. I'm glad there's more men here today than there are women. <laughs> because men are the prophet, priest, and king of their homes. Yes. You're supposed to receive from God. And then you're supposed to take what you've received. And you're supposed to talk to your family about God. And you're supposed to lead your family. Prophet, priest, and king. Your job is to guide, guard, and govern. That's it. Simple. It's all in the Bible. It's all biblical. John 17, 20-26, Jesus prayed for the believers. He prayed for us. I'd like y'all to stand up. Look around, look at your neighbors and say, Jesus prayed for me. He prayed for us. He prayed for us. I hope that uh, some of the stuff that I've shared with you today is not a sermon. I hope it awakens you. I hope it gives you some kind of a, I'm going to step forward. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do something. That's right. Because if you don't do anything, you're null and void. Yep. You're just a bench warmer. Yep. Do something to further the kingdom. Do something to pour into a man. Do something to carry on. Discipling. It, it, when we gave our life to Christ and we were baptized, dumped, whatever, and we didn't have a safety net, you're going to be like my son. You're going to go back doing the same stuff. Right. right. But if you've got a safety net of men that says, Hey man, I know you're going to hell. I know you just... Dude just got baptized, what, a month and a half ago? Ish? Kind of. I didn't say the date. He should have. But he had a safety net of men that he can fall on when he's still going through the problems he's going through now. Because I know you are. He, he's a good hider. But it's, it's, it, what you say today, it's getting easier. It's not easy, but it's getting easier. It's not easy, but it's getting easier. Praise God. Praise you know? I mean. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's that step. Yeah. Step forward. Yes. Do something yes. to further the kingdom. Yes. Do something to pour into somebody's life. Even if, man, even if it's just picking up the phone and going, how you doing, buddy? And if they don't call you for two or three days, what are you doing? You're not calling me. What's up? Yeah, exactly. 
I think that's called I'm Your Brother's Keeper. Yeah, very good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So.